0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Are you uh, ready for some scripture? Uh, if you don't like Scripture, I can't help you. I, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> but that's all you need. <laughs> How many believe it? Good. Would you go to uh, John the eighth chapter, please? The uh, verse we were just singing about, and we are believing for to hear from Him, and we're believing for answers and direction. Are you in agreement with that or, or not? Yes. Huh? Yes. So, say it out loud as a prayer. Say, Father, Father speak, to me speak to me exactly what I need, exactly what I need. Right, now. right now. Answers, Answers. Direction. direction. I'll receive, it. I'll, receive it. I'll it. I'll respect it. With your help, with your help. I'll, do it. I'll do it. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In uh, John the eighth chapter, I want to begin in verse uh, thirty-one. John eight, verse thirty-one. This eighth chapter of uh, John is is full of so many amazing things. Uh, Actually, the religious leaders were so angry at him uh, and the ones he's talking to, they're, they're becoming murderous and, uh, and uh, against him. And of course, that's what happened eventually. But it was the plan of God. They didn't do it against his will. He let them. But in this eighth chapter in the 31st verse, well, verse, verse 30, as he spoke those words, many believed on him. That's how faith comes, isn't it? Yes. From what you hear. And then when you, when you hear, you see. Uh, words uh, or thoughts. Yeah. And so then when you see something, how many times have you said or you heard others say when they were listening to something, I see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you do on the inside. It's a spiritual thing. And once you see it, then you make a choice as to whether you believe it or not. Faith or belief is a choice. You ever heard somebody say, I, I'm sorry, I just can't believe that? That's an untrue statement. There's no such thing as a person that can't believe something. Uh, what they To say it accurately, they should say, I choose not to Amen. believe it. Because you could believe it if you chose to. Uh-huh. Right. Belief, faith is a choice. You, at one point you saw your need of salvation. You saw the truth of the gospel about Jesus. And you chose, thank God, to believe it, yeah. <laughs> right? You you chose to accept it as truth, as fact, and believe it, and you responded, and you have been wonderfully, gloriously born again. Your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're working on your mansion right now, getting it ready for when you come. You, you should say amen right, right there. Right there. That is... Some kind of good. But the reason that it stirs you when you hear that, you get excited, is because you chose to believe it. And that believing that truth has done something to you and continues to do something to you. And so, while he, when he said that, many that heard it there in that crowd, they chose to believe. Keep reading. And then he said this. Jesus said, verse 31, to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So this is conditional. This is not going to happen for everybody. It's going to happen for those that continue in his word. Now the word continue, it's also translated uh, remain. It's translated abide, mm-hmm. we might say stay. Those who stay in my word, right. you, you live there. Right. Hmm? Yep. To, you know, uh, some people, <clears throat> church going people, they go to the scriptures to support their beliefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do this. They, you know, they look for Scripture to support what they've already decided they believe. That's not how it's supposed to work. You go to the Scriptures to get your beliefs. Hmm? And if the Scriptures contradict your beliefs, guess what? We discard <laughs> our beliefs and replace it with the belief we got from the Word. And um, this, this makes us a very different bunch, a very different breed than so many people in that, um, you know, we, that's how we've gotten the moniker word people. Uh, and it's because we go to the word for everything. And people think that's extreme. They think that's, <laughs> uh, I don't know, fanatical. Some people think it's cultic you know, uh, that we, we think that, uh, not think, we are convinced, we're fully persuaded it's how we live our life, that the answer to every issue in life is in the Word. Amen. And that is the standard we measure everything against. And this will help you in talking with other people that have different beliefs and different things, never make it about what you believe versus what they believe. Amen. That's good. Is everybody awake? Yes. Yes. Hmm? Make it about the Word. Yes. Amen. About the Scripture. Do I, and people say, well, you, you know, that you can't believe that, that's this, that's that, you know, that's ignorant, that's, and you say, well, do I have a right still in this wonderful country of America to believe this book. Amen. Hmm? So thank God, <laughs> we do. Yeah. I said, thank God we do. Right. And so get it off of you and your opinion and their opinion and, and, and this, is, this is what it's about. Whether my opinion or my like or dislike, that's beside the point. I base everything on this. If this says it's wrong, then it's wrong. No matter whether I think so or like it or don't or got nothing to do whether I like you or not. This says it's right, then it's right. Hmm? Right. Now, uh, most all church going people would agree with this. But not nearly as many actually live this way. And it will change. This is what changed Phyllis in my life so radically. I grew up uh, around church. Phyllis grew up Catholic and she grew up around Mass. And, um, I mean, we had, we had Bibles in our home. On the coffee table. Right? <laughs> right, And we, they, we had a lot of respect for them. We had uh, our family tree, you know, written in the front pages. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> and we went to church. And we heard scriptures referred to. But no regular Bible reading, you know. And that's where millions are. Uh, And yet, we didn't understand how ignorant we were of the Word. And how that when you're ignorant of the Word, you are easily Mm -hmm. deceived. Did you hear that? You're easily deceived. You're easily misled when you have no standard. Or, if your standard is, well, this is just what I, I, really, I, I really feel like this is right. <laughs> Based on what? Well, I just feel real strong about it. That doesn't make it right, because you have a strong feeling about it. Well, you know, mama and them, and, and, and my, my granddad always said this, and, and um, I know when I first came to Raymond, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, I'd only been there a few months. And oh man, we were getting some kind of good Word, classes right and left, and the Word, the Word, the Word. It was through His ministry that we got the revelation that everything should be based on the Word, that it should be the final authority, not your opinion, not your experience, not your group, not your background, the Word. I saw that and the Lord challenged me one day sitting in class, He said, Keith, Examine everything you believe. When you realize something you believe, then find it. Where is it in the Word? And so for months then, I I knew it was the Lord. It was very definite that He spoke this to me and and I'd be, something would come along and I'd be hearing something or thinking something. I'd realize, well, I believe that. I believe that. And the Spirit of God would say, where is it? where is it in the word and so some things uh yeah there's the verse yeah there's another mouth of two or three witnesses yeah and other things i couldn't find it (laughs) and i'd look again and i couldn't find it and and i so i looked up scriptures got the concordance and looked up scriptures on the subject and i found verses that contradicted (laughs) what i believe and i realized well why do i believe that I heard a preacher back when I was 10 say that, and he didn't have scriptures either. But because I heard it in church, I thought, well, it must be true. It came from a preacher. (laughs) Or, you know, another time I I got on something and I thought, well, now I believe that all my life. Uh, Where is it at? The Spirit of God would say, where is it at? I thought okay okay so I got to looking and I found verses that contradicted it. I thought eh, I always believed that. Where did I get that? I realized my granddad used to always say that. It was one of those sayings. (laughs) My granddad. That didn't make it true. And just because something's 400 years old doesn't make it true. If it was wrong 400 years ago it's still wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it'll help you so much. The more knowledgeable you, you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to read Greek or Hebrew. Just read your Bible. Amen. Come on, are y'all, with me. Read your Bible. I will say this: you watch out for the modern translations. Mm-hmm. Yes. Many of them are not good translations. Right. They are—they're not actually translations. They are paraphrase. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by the They They are not giving you a word-for-word translation from the original text. They are telling you what they think it means. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, you're not hearing the Word. You're hearing their opinion of the Word. I don't want you to tell me what it means. I want to know what it said. Right? And I can do my own thinking. And so... uh, uh, I think the King James is a good translation, you know, the NIV is a pretty good translation. But I check things out against other more accurate things like uh, Strong's, the guy that wrote the literal, wrote the uh, concordance, Strong's literal. It doesn't read real easy, but it's accurate. Yeah. Not perfect, There's. I'm not saying it is, but watch out, Th- you know, things like uh, the message, things like some of these new ones, I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff in there that's just not what the Bible said. Y'all okay with this or not? Yes. Watch out for it. Because you want, when, you're, when you're reading the Bible and you're thinking, well, this is the Word of God and it's not, that's another thing that can cause you an issue. What did Jesus say? Verse 31. Huh? If. If you continue or live in my word, that's what I've been talking about for the last several minutes, living in His word, asking ourselves the question about every issue that arises, what does the Word say? And what we're saying is, what did, what did God say? What did the Creator say? What did the master say? Jesus? What, what did the Holy Spirit say through Peter or Paul or? Uh, even though there are numerous different human beings that, that these words came through, it's the same voice from Genesis to Revelation. Right. It's the same uh, divine author, the same spiritual author. And I know that some people try to you know, debate that. And obviously, a lot of these folks are unsaved, don't know God, but try to say there's errors here, there's error there. When you think you found an error in the Word of God, you just found something you're ignorant of. Yeah. You just found something you don't know. That's right. And ask the Lord, show me. How, does, how can both of these be true? And when he shows you, it'll be shouting time. Right. You'll go, wow. Right. Wow. <laughs> uh, but if you're an honest person. The things in the Word of God that are prophesied and foretold, the pinpoint accuracy of things that were written centuries and millennia before it happened, how can you doubt the divine authorship of it? Huh? I mean, you can, you can decide not to believe it. You can reject it. But there are evidences on every page that it is not just a human work. It is divinely inspired. It is amazing. The Word of God, the psalmist said, is purified many times. It is perfect. There will never be a version uh, 2.0. Because it was perfect when it came out. It's not human authored. It came through human agencies, but it is divine. It is the Word of God. It is the only thing worthy of being the standard on which you build your life. Everything else is questionable and imperfect. I don't care who it is, but this, the Bible, the Word of God, it is infallible, perfect, without error. I already told you, not all the translations are that way. But the actual word itself, perfect. And actually, there, there have been numerous times when I saw something and I couldn't reconcile and I looked up the words and I thought, well, that's the wrong word. When I used the right word, it made perfect sense. Yeah. Jesus said, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? Indeed. A disciple here now is a student. And an apprentice. The word doesn't just mean a learner. It means a learner through hearing and practice. A disciple is like, uh, oh, what's the word like on the old show um, um, Kung Fu? You know, where the, the, there would be a young guy, what do they keep calling him? Grasshopper, grasshopper. A disciple is grasshopper. Huh? Grasshopper is a learner, but not just sitting in the classroom taking notes. You've got the the hearing and the learning, but the disciple is a practitioner. You learn, not just through hearing, you learn through hearing and doing. I mean, you, how many drive cars in here? Let me see. Trucks, whatever. Well, then there was a time, maybe long, many moons ago, you got your license. And for some people, it might have been last week. But there are two parts to that, isn't it? You, you have a written test. Right? There is the reading the book or listening to things, learning something about the laws, learning something about this and that, but just because you made a hundred percent on your written test, that does not mean you can drive a car, <laughs> right? Which is why the state requires another test. Huh? And what test is that? It is the the practical test. Huh? They want to put somebody in there with you and see you actually apply what you said you learned from the book. Huh? They want to see you put her put her in D and 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 work the gas pedal and the brake pedal. They want to see if you can park this rig. Is that right? They want to see if you can drive with other traffic without scaring people and hitting people. Right? (laughs) Well, that's what a disciple is. Is not just a learner. It's a I saw this, I've been in the ministry now for almost 40 years, and, and I've been uh, flying planes for about half that time. And uh, we, we've come up through the ranks in flying more and more uh, advanced and capable equipment. And uh, some of the, the jets, well, all of the jets, you've you got to get a type rating. And that consists of um, ground school and simulator training or actual training in the plane. And some of the ground training is a month long or two months long almost. And so you are there all day long uh, listening to teaching and briefings, looking at diagrams on hydraulic systems and electrical systems and fuel systems and DI systems. and, And that's, you know... Uh, just a few days and then it's avionics and, and braking and then all kind of stuff and after a month and a half especially if you pass the test you do okay you can get to thinking well I, I know how to fly this thing I, 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 huh? <laughs> right? I mean I, I've been in school for a month and a half and um, I made a, a hundred on my test <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. ground school's over they put you in the simulator, which is exactly like the airplane. I mean, once you get in there and get strapped in, you forget you're in a simulator because the whole thing moves. It's, it's on hydraulics and electrics, and and it's got this you know this latest greatest visual stuff. You think you're flying. I mean, if you got a, ma- a big problem, it's like you're going to crash. Grown men and women have been known to scream. <laughs> it's that real. You you're just you you forget, and you get in there. And you have a problem and you lose this. And you just studied this last week. And, and all of a sudden you're going, uh, 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 uh. And you realize doing is way different than talking. Yeah. Yeah. And the, one of the last times I was doing this on, on, on a typewriting, I, it just hit me so clear. This is true with Christianity. Yeah, right. I saw it so clearly. People come to church And they feel like because they've been to church, they've been to meetings, they read books, they listen to tapes, I got this. And yet, that doesn't mean you're doing any of it. That's good. good. Well, I made 100 on the test. (laughs) That doesn't mean you know how to fly or drive, it's applying what you now know becoming a doer of it, because how many, remember, you know, uh, you you read about staying in your lane and you read about visuals and then you got out, especially, you know, back when I I learned how to drive, maybe some of you, we had some big cars back in the 60s and 70s, we had some big cars and you get on these little two lane roads and I looked over that big hood for the first time, it looked like my fender was hanging halfway over the lane and I thought, how am I going to keep this thing? Because you hadn't developed your visuals yet and um, doing uh, you get a revelation you don't just learn by study and by reading and listening so much of what you learn how many would agree you learned a lot about driving a car by actually driving the car huh? you learn so much more and you didn't realize and some like I tell them, we learned about the plane you know Uh, We heard all the stuff. Be sure and do this. Be sure and don't do this. And if this happens, be sure and remember this. And then when it happened, boom, engine caught on fire. And then the sim and all this stuff. And you're going, oh, 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 that's why they said that. Oh, yeah, don't press that button because you lose the other engine. Oh, come on, come on. How many would agree doing is different from sitting in the church and nodding your head? Right. Like what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's easy peasy. But the reason I'm bringing it up, people think because they've been going to ground school slash church services oh, yeah. for years and have made a lot of notes that I am really a great Christian. Mm-hmm. That's right. Only to the point you actually applied some of that right. after the service was over. Right? You can get to thinking you're developed more than you are because you've heard so much. But her hearing and doing is not the same thing. Faith without doing something is dead, inert, inactive, no results. Um, and not everybody got excited about that. I could tell. <laughs> but you'll get excited about this next verse here. Huh? Verse 31 and 32 there are results if you are not just a literary student, but you are an actual disciple. You are a learner. You're a hearer and a practitioner. He he said, if you continue and live in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, that word indeed is truly. You are truly my apprentices. You are truly my grasshoppers. There's only one human being I will ever call master. It is Yeshua, Jesus, the head of the church. I, I say that because of scripture. He told us, don't call any man your father, I talking about spiritually. It's okay to, talk, to call your daddy your, your natural father, but I'm talking about a spiritual I know groups do it, but Jesus said don't do it. Hmm. And you don't call people the teacher. Hmm. There's only one the teacher. Wow. Hmm? Am I quoting scripture or not? Right. Jesus said don't, don't call people these big titles. And you don't call any man your master. Except the man, Christ Jesus. He's my master. Huh? Will you agree with that or not? He's my master, and I'm his grasshopper. I mean, he didn't call me that, but you, I use it because you know. How many know what I'm talking about? You saw the show. What, I know it's a lot, uh, some of the younger people are going, huh? What? Probably something on YouTube about it, right? So. It's an old Kung Fu show. But it has to do with being a disciple, being an apprentice, being a learner who doesn't just sit and listen to lectures, but then follows the master in applying it and doing it. And Jesus said, if you do that, you are truly my disciples. Tell me what what the result of that will be. Verse 32. And you disciples shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That verse is quoted by a lot of people, but how many think that previous verse is pretty important? Is that right? Going with this verse. very. You don't want to leave off, because if you're not a disciple, that verse is not going to apply to you. Because knowing here is not just mental accumulation. Now, you have to take time and talk about this because we live in an intellectual society that has placed the greatest significance on education and higher education. And like Brother Hagin used to say, people have developed their minds at the expense of their spirit because the most important part of your being to develop is not your mind it's important but it's not the most important most important part is spiritual because you can develop your mind and your body and you can get rich and you can gain the whole world and lose your soul and according to Jesus you've done nothing you've accomplished nothing with your whole life meant nothing people forget about it it won't matter but If you are a disciple of His, a follower, a learner, a student, and a practitioner, Jesus said you will know the truth. That word know is also translated in how a husband and wife know each other. Mm -hmm. So this is not just accumulating knowledge. Can you see the, the continued idea of experience? You could say it like this. You will know and experience the truth. And when you know and experience the truth, that truth you're experiencing will liberate you. Amen. This is one of the biggest things to shout about that you could talk about. That truth will liberate you. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you a disciple yes. of the head of the church? The master. Do you call him master? Yes. That's a little weak. Yes. How many in here would say, I call Jesus master? Yes. He, he, he's not supposed to be only savior. He's supposed to be Lord. Yes. Yes. Right. Hmm? Lord Jesus. We've gotten away from some of this terminology because people say, "Well, I'm free. I, I'm I'm not under any man or any." Well, you're lost then. You're lost, and it's a terrible situation. Don't know it. No, Jesus is the risen Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords soon to come again. And even though the world is on its crazy, you know, darkness, curse-filled, sin-filled episode right now, there's coming a time when all that's going to end. Have you read the Bible? It's all going to end. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. And there will be no other kingdom on the planet except the kingdom That's right. of the King, Jesus. Huh? Yeah. So, what, why would you hesitate to say, Jesus is my master? Amen. Smart people bow the knee now. Right now. Today, in this life, as a free act, as a free will, smart people do it. And so, if Jesus is your master and you live in his words, You will experience truth, and truth will liberate you and make you free. Can anybody say, that has happened in degrees of my life? Huh? Can anybody say, if you follow the Lord very far, I know you can say, yes, this has happened in areas of my life. But are we as free experientially as we could possibly be? Well, have we experienced all the truth there is to experience? Then we're not as free as we can be experientially. Keep reading this, verse 33, the Jewish leaders didn't like this. The ones that chose not to believe. And they said, we're Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? You shall be made free. They said, we don't need to be made free. We're already free. That's the same people still around today. Right? We don't need that Jesus stuff. We don't need the crutch of religion. You know, we've been educated. We understand that all this stuff, these are, you know, creation myth. And all these myths about uh, miracles and all that stuff. We, we know better than that. We're more intelligent than that. Actually, you're not. It's the fool it says. There is no God. And if you were just honest and reasonable, you wouldn't come to such hard, darkened conditions. How can you say that God didn't create the universe can you prove he didn't? Were you there? Was anybody you know there? No. No. How can you say there's no way a powerful God did it? You can't prove he didn't. So just being reasonable and honest, you would say, well, I don't know. Yeah. But to say it didn't happen is not science. It's a belief. You've chosen to believe something that is unproven. Same thing is true with evolution. There's a reason they call it a theory. No. The reason why people get so mixed up about this is because our bodies and animals' bodies are made by the same Creator from the same material. So obviously, there's a lot of similarity. Circulatory system, nervous system, skeletal, all that. But what they fail to realize is God is spirit. And he's the father of spirits. And we are spirit beings in a physical body. Can you see that? And he created us. I won't go further. You know what I'm talking about. But he said... Uh, They said, hey, we're free. We don't need to be set free. Verse 34, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Now we're talking about being in bondage or being free. If you're not free, what are you? You're in some degree of bondage. And bondage is restriction and limitation. If you're incarcerated, you're in prison, you can't go where you want to go. You can't do what you want to do. You are restricted. You are limited. And he, the Lord here is talking about being free, being unrestricted. Oh, somebody needs to help me preach this here. Does that sound good to anybody? Be yeah. Unlimited. The limit coming off. The restriction being removed. What will do it for you? The truth. The truth. Somebody say the truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. The truth. I got the basis for this message on the back of a Harley two days ago. Mike and Gerald, now we like to take a ride here out west when we can. And we wound up riding some in Arizona. And we were, I don't know, on our 600th mile going somewhere. And the Lord quickened me. I'm doing about 80 miles an hour on a Harley by myself. And the Lord quickened Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit goes everywhere with you? I mean, He's, just, he's everywhere. He never leaves you or forsakes you. And he he asked me a question. He said, What's the difference between knowledge and truth? I immediately thought, That's a good question, Holy Spirit. That's a very good question. I know you know the answer. I began to think about what's the difference between knowledge and truth. And he immediately said this to me. He said, Truth is true whether you know it or not. Is everybody awake? Huh? And later on he spoke to me, he said, just because you think you know something, that doesn't make it true. Truth is absolute. That's why the term, my truth, your truth, is a despicable term. You do not want to use these terms. These are godless terms. Unbelieving, ungodly terminology. Why? Because it implies or comes right out to say truth is whatever you say it is for you. And truth is what my truth is, whatever I say truth is for me. And that is saying there is no standard of truth, truth is relative. Is what these folks are implying or saying. Those are dangerous lies. Jesus said, I am the truth. Did he say it? Yes. They they said, you know, uh, how do we know the way? He said, I'm I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. Jesus, that that's one of the things that startled people when Jesus first started preaching and teaching Mm -hmm. is that he spoke with authority Mm -hmm. not like the scribes and Pharisees (laughs) well what do you mean he said he didn't say this could be this might be we'll see we don't know doctor so and so thinks but other doctor so and so thinks none of that he said It is. This is the way it is. This is the way it's not. This is right. This is wrong. This is good. This is evil. This is God. This is not God. And all the people said, whoa, whoa. This ain't the kind of preaching we've been getting. (laughs) And those who are inspired by the Spirit of Jesus, Speak the same way. Yes. Thank you for those three amens. Huh? They do. Why? Because if it's based on the word, it's not ambiguous. Huh? It's not maybe it is, maybe it's not, maybe okay for you, but doesn't apply to you. No, the truth is true, whether you know it or not, whether you think it's true or not, whether you believe it or not. It's still true. Hmm? The truth hasn't changed in millennia. No matter what human beings have done on the planet, human beings come and go, but the truth remains. And even this world, heaven and earth, is going to pass away. But His word. Oh, somebody say His word. His word. His word. His word. Is there? We have every reason in the world to live in this word, don't we? Why? Because it is the immovable, unshakable, unchangeable, timeless Word of God. Hallelujah. And what if you become a student of Jesus, you became a student of truth. Because he is the truth. Now the devil has copied this. And made so many fakes and counterfeits. You got all these different groups seeking enlightenment. Seeking the truth. And it's a bunch of junk. (laughs) Because there is only one the way. The truth. And the life. Jesus said nobody comes to the Father except by the way. Me. The truth. Me. The life. Me. Me. Hallelujah. Are you okay? But he said to them, because they said, we don't need to be set free. Now that's a prideful thing to say, isn't it? Right? Why in the world would you think you have arrived at knowing all the truth there is, and that you're living and walking in all the truth and light that there is? And they said, we don't need to be set free. And he said, Because they said, we've never been in bondage. And basically, verse 34, he said, Nah, you're in bondage right now. (laughs) (laughs) He said, verily, verily, I say to you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Now, put this together with what he just said. If I'm a servant of sin, I am not being liberated by the truth then what must I be involved with? Lies. Just a few verses later in this same chapter, he talks about how Satan is is a liar and the father of it. Just what down verse, 10 verses later, I guess. Uh, He's talking about truth and lies, freedom and bondage. If the truth will make you free, what did you need to get free from? Can you see that? What has the power to restrict you and limit you? One of the clearest things, go go to Second Corinthians four. Second Corinthians four, hold your place here in John. We're not done. Not done with John. Second Corinthians and the fourth chapter, it talks about Satan being the God of this present world and how he's doing it. He said, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 2, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Of what? Well, that's the opposite of the truth. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth. Somebody say, "Manifestation." manifestation of the truth. He said, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, how many would say the gospel is truth? Yes. It's called the gospel of truth. If it's hid, it's hid to who? Those that, could you say that those that are lost are in bondage? Yes. Oh, man. In bondage to death, in, in bondage to sin, in bondage to. Um, uh, It'll come back to me. Uh, In bondage to a lot of stuff. (laughs) If if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious light of the glorious gospel slash truth of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. So what did he, what is he blinding the minds of the lost with? What are their minds blinded with? There is no God. Huh? There is no creator. Um, The universe created itself. (laughs) Now you laugh, but that's what, that's what's being taught to your kids. And in colleges. We have no other precedent in human experience of anything self generating. Right. No. It's a belief. It's not science that people want to mock us and go, oh, y'all are, you know, y'all are just that faith bunch, y'all are believers. That's not science. Believing it's self generated. Prove it. Show us an experiment right. Right. of matter combusting and coming to, into existence by itself. Show us. Show us. Huh? And those missing links in evolution, you know why they're missing? <laughs> Honey, they ain't missing. They don't exist. That's why you can't find them. Now one thing that is confusing is that a lot apparently has happened on planet Earth before man ever came along. Dinosaurs, a bunch of stuff happened before we ever got here. But that we came from the goo to the zoo to you. (laughs) huh? That's not science. That's a distorted belief. But here's the problem. If you believe that instead of the truth. You are in bondage. Satan is your Lord. Even though you don't even believe he exists. And that's one of the biggest things he's ever pulled off. Is convincing most of the population of the planet. That he and all his demon cohorts don't even exist. You're never going to resist what you don't believe exists. So how are people... Held back, restricted from being saved, limited from getting eternal life—lies, yeah. lies, lies, lies. Lies are being taught to our kindergartners, our, our elementary kids, and oh, the lies that are taught in universities, and lies are being taught in, the, in, in seminaries. Lies. That's why, you know, like I said, the Lord challenged me. Everything you believe, find it in the Word of God. That's the only way you're going to be on solid ground. Anything else, you could be tricked. And oh, the more of the Word that you get in you, the more of truth and light you get in you, the harder you are to trick. The harder you are to deceive, it just gets harder and harder for the enemy to dupe you because when he sends, no matter how specially crafted and and, and modern of a lie, he tries to make it just an old lie repackaged, but but no matter how he tries to send it to you, you see it coming and think of four scriptures, why that cannot be true and it makes you unfoolable. Undeceivable. How did Jesus deal with the onslaught of the devil's attack 40 days and 40 nights there in the wilderness? How did he do? The enemy pulled out things that had worked on everybody else up until now. And it worked fine. And he, the devil even got to quoting scriptures at the end. Did you see that? Quoting scriptures. But how did Jesus combat it? It is written. It is written. It is also written. And he defeated him. That's how you and I do it too. But what if you don't know it is written? Then you don't know the truth. Right. Right. And in absence of a foundation of truth, you could accept a lie. If it sounds reasonable to you and the enemy likes to play on your pride, he'll start out by saying, you know, you're intelligent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to appeal to your vanity. You're intelligent, you know. And What happened with Adam and Eve? Just go right back there. Huh? You'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. They were already as gods. Yeah, they were. And there's some stuff you don't need to know. How many would would agree? There's a lot of junk in life you wish you had never learned, never heard about. (laughs) You would be so much better off never even knowing it existed. Because all it does is bring pain and cause problems. And then, after, you know, uh, smoozing her up and, and, and getting, you know, I, uh, the, the conversation going, he hits her with a lie. You won't really die. Right. Now, that's just a lie. Yeah. But she chose to believe it. And Adam chose to follow her with it. And the reason you and I got so many problems today is because of a lie. Can you see this? A lie can destroy your life. A lie can destroy your eternity. Can you see this? Cause you to be lost forever. This is how serious it is. Believing lies. Well, just uh, as terrible as lies can do against you, more wonderful can the truth do for you. Do you believe it? Amen. Lies yeah. blind. We saw that right here. And lies bind. The truth lets you see. And the truth makes you free. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Can you see it, child of God? Lies blind. And lies bind. But the truth opens your eyes. lets you see. Enables you to see. And when you see truth and you choose to believe it and walk in it, what else will it do for you? It will liberate you from lies that have restricted you. I'm so glad I found out that God might want me sick for His glory was a lie. I grew up believing that. I went with my pastor as a boy to the hospital and knelt by the bedside with him. And we prayed for a person that said, and, and, and he, he prayed some, and I backed him up. Uh, God, if it be your will, heal our dear sister. But if not, your will be done and help her to be strong and, and bear the, the burden of this. And I said, amen. Because I didn't know the truth. Huh? And this was very religious. Y'all are too quiet. Hmm? I'm so glad. I found out. It is his will. Everybody don't believe that? How about everybody over here? It is his will that you be healed. I mean, think about looking at the cross. Jesus is on the cross. He's being made sin with your sin. The judgment uh, uh, is coming on him, and you look up at him, and you say, Jesus, is it your will that i be saved? That's ignorant. Why is he, he not doing it for him? How about on the scourging post? Huh? He's getting beat. And the Bible said... By His stripes, you were healed. The cause and source of every disease and every sickness was being laid. He didn't have to do that to go to the cross. This is something else. Just like they jammed that crown of thorns down on His head. He didn't have to do that to go to the cross. What's going on? The chastisement of our peace was on Him. Everything He's doing is buying something for us. Yes. Can you see it? It's rede- He's taking our place. He redeemed us. Spirit and soul and body. Every area, every realm. He even became poor for our sakes. So that through his poverty, we might be rich. But most of the church still does not believe these truths. They believe the lie that you know you don't understand it, but God might, let you know put cancer on you to teach you some things. Hmm? Well, you're only shaking your head because you've been in a good church. You've heard some good things. Do you understand? You're in a small minority of Christians that believe the way you do. What's the problem though? If you believe that lie. That God might want you sick. It it might work out for His glory. It might be His will. If you believe that, that destroys any faith you could have to receive healing. You, You cannot have any faith to receive healing as long as you're questioning if it's God's will. And the devil knows this. The Bible said in the last days there'd be doctrines of devils doctrines or teachings and don't think that these doctrines of demons come across Satanist church pulpits. (laughs) They're so subtle. They're so deceptive and you know, it's taught just all over the world through ministries and churches and preachers and denominations that we don't know why, but God has ordained some people be poor. And live their whole life with with you know not enough to subsist on. And other people, it's okay, he's okay that they're a billionaire. And we don't know why. It's just one of those mysterious things. No, it's a lie. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. But if you believe that lie, you're bound. You are limited. You are restricted because anytime you look up and think you might see some light that you could come up or something could happen, you could, you could get better off, then the lie comes in. Well, no, 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 you just don't know if God gets more glory this way. And if you back off, see, can you see you have been limited? Can you yeah. see that you're capped? Yeah. You're limited, you're restricted. These lies of it's not for you. We don't know why, but it's just for some reason God didn't see fit to let you have that or I can never have it I can't deal with it I'm not enough I'm just not strong enough somebody say lies. Lies, lies 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 and as long as you believe these lies you will be in bondage just as real as if you had handcuffs and chains on you you will not be able to get out of that problem oh but If you quit messing with goofy, confused people, and just go straight to the top, to the master. I'm talking about the head of the church. I'm talking about the master. And you sit down in his feet and say, Lord, I'm going to be your grasshopper. I'm going (laughs) to be, I am going to do everything you do. I'm going to watch you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to hear what you say. I'm going to believe every word of it. And I'm going to do what you tell me to do. According to Jesus, he said, then you are a true disciple of mine. And you are going to experience the truth that I am and that I speak. And when you experience the manifestation of this truth, it will liberate you. It will break chains off of you. It will take restrictions off of you. It will take limitations off of you. And things that people told you your whole life you couldn't have, you will get. Things that people told you you weren't smart enough or or, or quick enough or whatever, you will rise above it and be able to accomplish it anyway. Can you see, the truth will make you free. Free to rise above. Free to overcome. Free to lay hold. Free to receive. Free to be a blessing to others on a level you never imagined. Amen. Any time these thoughts, these feelings come against you, you can't. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough. You have no connections. There's no way. You'll never have that much money. There's, Do you know what's going on? Huh? And too many people don't even realize who's feeding it to them. They just go, they look around at the other world, folks in the world, they go, well, yeah, you know, that's that's how it is. Life's not fair. No joke. Should have already known that. You don't want to wait for somebody to notice you and be fair to you. You already have somebody you can go straight to the head of the church, the master, said out loud, you will know the truth. You will will experience the truth. truth. And the truth truth will make you you free. free. Verse 35, Jesus answered, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. There's a whole thing. Sin, people's minds go off on tangents when they hear that word But think about this, James says to him that knows to do good and doesn't do it, that's sin. Sin is violation of light. It covers a whole bunch of things. But what I'm touching on now, maybe we get to tomorrow night some more, is the Bible refers to the deceitfulness of sin. In Hebrews 3.13, the deceitfulness of sin, there are lies connected to sin. It's why, you know, folks keep doing it. It's why you've made multiple mistakes. I've made multiple mistakes. There's lies connected to it. And when you get free from that lie, you can get free from that sin. Mm -hmm. The truth will do what? Come on, help me out. What will the truth do for you? Hmm? I I won't go too much further than that. Can you come back tomorrow night? Verse 35 he, Jesus said, the servant abides not in the house forever. Remember, he used that saying. That's the same word where he said, if you'll continue in my word. That, that, here it's translated abide. But the son abides ever. If the son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free in deed. I, I like the Amplified on this one. Verse 36 Amplified. So if the son liberates you, then you are really and unquestionably free. (laughs) If the Son liberates you, and in the last four verses, he told you how the Son does that. If the Son liberates you, you are what? This is not some hype Somebody trying to convince you you're free and you're not. You're trying to convince yourself and you're not. When Jesus makes you free, when the truth makes you free, you are really free. You are unquestionably free. It's beyond question. (laughs) Even people that didn't believe it look at you and go, yep, he's free. (laughs) She's free. (laughs) Go to Galatians 5 and I, I think I can close somewhere around here. Galatians 5 and verse 1. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. If you have been bothered by something, if you have been hindered by something, if you have been limited by something, if you've been restricted by something, whether it's been three weeks or 30 years, do you believe that a manifestation of the truth can do what Jesus said? Do you believe it can make you really free? And unquestionably free. If you identify the lie that you've been believing, and you see the, tr- you'll only see that in the light of the truth. You know they tell us that people that uh, are in the, I don't know what age, what is it, Treasury or whatever that uh, fights counterfeiting, they don't study all of the phony bills. You know what they study? Really? The real thing right because if you know the real well enough the the deviations of the phony stand out to you Amen. if you don't know the real then you wouldn't know that you're looking at a counterfeit because it you just don't know it well enough to pick up the differences Amen. And that's what must happen with us, that we know the real, because we live and continue in His Word, we know the real enough that the devil, he's tricky, but any deviation from the truth, we notice it. We pick up on. we go, no, no, no. Now, that can't be right because First Peter said this, and that can't be right because Galatians said this, and that can't be right because Matthew and Luke said this. Amen. Right. We're noticing the deviations from the truth, because not because we're studying error, but because we know the truth well enough. In Galatians 5 1, Galatians 5 1, he said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, he's talking specifically about trying to be righteous by keeping the law and and other things here, but this covers even more ground than that. Mm -hmm. These are people who've been born again and filled with the Spirit and made free from spiritual death and made free from being under Satan's thumb and being free from going to hell and all that, but the Spirit of God is having to warn them Don't relinquish some of your freedom. Don't willingly go back into some bondage. Uh, Listen to what these translations say because the the language here is worth looking at your concordance on. The NAS, the New American Standard, uh, I believe does a good job of this. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Best I can tell, that's a very accurate rendering of the words. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. The complete Jewish Bible says it like this, the CJB. He said, what the Messiah has freed us for is freedom. (laughs) <laughs> now, I know that sounds funny, but this is groundbreaking. This is awesome truth. Why did he come and set us free? For freedom. So we could be free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think? well, that's, that's a no-brainer. No, you don't know what he said. Mm-hmm. You don't understand what he said. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. What the Messiah has freed us for,